This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on the big show today, we check in with Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. We talk a lot of fishing, we talk a little turkey hunting, and of course we've got a fast five. It's all coming up. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, we're checking in with Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. It's been a while since he's been here, so welcome back, Joel. Great to have you in today. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So uh, we uh, we've been fishing uh, on soft water since mid May. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Didn't, we didn't know up here if we were going to or not. Turned out we did. <laughs> uh, but but how's the bite been for you and where you've been fishing? It's been awesome, and you referenced the the late winter or the spring that never was. And I tell you, I think that's really pushed the the good bite the June bite that we're used to seeing end of May, early June, well into mid-June and beyond. Everywhere I've been, fish have been spawning a little bit later, uh, multiple different species. Uh, the action has been really good. The lakes are waking up, and fish are just starting to move their way out to some of the depths. So it's it's been really good just about everywhere I've been. What have you been using so far this year? Boy, for bass, we've been doing a lot of stuff with Ned rigs and soft plastics. Um, for panfish, been doing some weightless rigging. Some of those fish have been up on beds, and those fish have kind of started moving off of beds, especially down here in southern Minnesota, but even in northern Minnesota. So a lot of panfish stuff, casting small plastics, edge of cabbage beds, uh, reed beds if deep enough on the outside edges, been doing a lot of that. And walleyes, um, I've actually kind of been sharpshooting, kind of been throwing kind of those northland puppet minnows at them when I see them on the graph, and that's been that's been a winner and kind of mid, mid-range depths too. So just everything is good right now. Fish for everything. It's it's the time. So tell me uh, what, what lakes you like to fish. Well, I was up uh, I was up in that Leech Lake Hackensack area in cons- consecutive weeks, and that really, that, that middle Minnesota, north-central Minnesota belt is so good for so many different things, and because I'm a multi-species angler, I love fishing there. I can catch bluegills. We caught crappies still spawning in early June. Uh, and then we moved on to do some bass fishing, both smallmouth and largemouth. We found a, a great pod of deep pike on the backside of this cabbage bed on one of the lakes up there. And then fish leech for walleyes. It's just, uh, 
that area I really like, but, um, you know, Western Wisconsin, that's, that's where I focus a lot of my fishing too, as well as Southeastern Minnesota. And so, yeah, I go all over and, uh, you know, when Pepin kind of that bite dies off, then I, then I head North and go where the fish are, right? Yes. Hey, and I, I'm somewhat familiar with Pepin, but those who don't know what Pepin is, tell us about it. Yeah, it's really just an enlarged part of the river on Pool 4 of the Mississippi, and it extends kind of that Red Wing, Bay City, uh, Wisconsin area down south to almost Wabasha, and it's just a beautiful place to fish because it's gorgeous bluffs in the background. The lake is quite large, um, and there's always opportunities for a lot of different species. We were finishing up and uh, actually saw a couple anglers that we knew kind of coming back to the landing, and in about the 10 minutes that it took for them to launch their boat, we caught nine different species of fish just right <laughs> next to the landing. So that, that's kind of the, what sums up a day on Lake Pepper and the Mississippi River is when the bite's good. You know, um, talk a little bit about that. I, I mean, up here in the Bemidji area where I live and where the bulk of the years I've done the show has basically been a Bemidji area-based show, there's not a lot of river fishing. You get down to Brainerd, that's when people start fishing the Mississippi fairly seriously. And down there, of course, in your, uh, in your area, that's really, really huge. What is different about fishing a river, particularly a, a powerful river like the Mississippi, than, than the lakes we're used to fishing on? Well, you know, the first thing I think about with the river, aside from the multiple species and aside from the fact that it's flowing in a natural lake, tends not to have as much current or flow, is that the fish are a little bit easier going when it comes to cold fronts. They're used to change, right? They're used to water levels rising and falling. They're used to that flow and that current. And I, you know, it's the kind of place where I can go on a cold front scenario and still do pretty well for a lot of different species. And because there is such a large number of species going, I love fishing for walleyes and I love fishing for crappies out there. But when that's not happening, I look for birds just busting, dropping down on the surface and, and, and white bass just kind of chasing stuff around. And then we just go put the trolling motor on 10 and run those things down and uh, throw whatever you want in that school and bend rods. And it, it's just a gas because no matter what, you're probably going to go away with some stretch line and a bent rod. It's a, it's a good time to fish down there. <laughs> okay. Um, so, again, the bite has been great up here, too. And same thing, multi-species. I think June is my personal favorite time because the weather is nice. Everything's biting. Uh, you know, there's no dog days type situation. You can catch pretty much everything. Without a doubt, best month to fish no matter what. And, you know, the cool part, too, now is we're starting to see some early summer techniques and patterns emerging into kind of what you'd expect midsummer too. I just heard from a buddy they're starting to catch fish out on reefs on on winnie and they're catching fish on some of the deeper edges of cabbage into the classic kind of walleye midsummer structure so you know, you're gonna look for that wind to set fish up on the backside of certain certain pieces of uh you know underwater cover and structure and, and, and really try and deliver either live bait or jigs and plastics to those places and i love that kind of fishing too so if it all stayed the same, we wouldn't like it as much, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is so true. Um, one of the things up here, we are having a just a, I don't know if you'd call it the good old days of fishing, but, I mean, Bemidji and Cass are, are cranking like they always do. Red is, has had some really great year classes, and they've, you know, upped that uh, limit up to four this year, and it's just on fire. Um, I'm hearing Winnie is on fire. They've got a ton of great year classes. 
I mean, it just seems like all these lakes are coming together at the same time with with some great year classes. I agree. Yeah, it's it's really it really is kind of a, a golden era, if you will, on the walleye side of things with so many of those lakes doing so well all at once. You never could always count on bites to be strong on all of these large bodies of water at the same time. But for this year, things are pretty good so far across our fingers. Now, outside of that, the cool part is, is as those lakes get so much attention, there's all these little bass and panfish lakes dotting the landscape that just even a lot of the gravel ones I'll visit, you know, I'll risk putting some rock chips in my boat and the fender walls of my truck just to be able to get back there. And uh, we had a day in the Hackensack area where my son and I, we boated 100 bass just on top of just throwing buzz baits at shorelines. I mean, just the simplest, most joyful kind of fishing, right? And that's a great time, too, whether you are, you know, you're not probably going to take those home to eat, but it's just so much fun. So that's what fishing's about for us. Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors, my guest today. We've got a lot more to cover next. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Get away and experience Bemidji's great outdoors. Discover the first city on the Mississippi with the whole family. And enjoy unique lodging, encouraging hospitality, and great adventures in a pristine Northwoods setting. With over 400 lakes for fishing, more than 160 miles of bike trail, and amazing campsites, Bemidji is a unique destination to create lasting memories. Go to visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. We are talking fishing with Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. So I just uh, emceed a couple of the big tournaments in our neck of the woods. We had the Leech Lake Tournament in first weekend in June, and the second weekend of June it was the, uh, the Knights Columbus Walleye Classic here in Bemidji. And the thing that really stood out to me is how many of these elite walleye anglers talked about bobbers and how bobbers have become such a core part of fishing walleyes. Um, you know, I used bobbers on a bamboo pole for panfish when I was a kid, but it's it's a different world now. Totally different game, and forward-facing sonar has really brought that into play. As we used to throw bobbers, we'd set up on the edge of a rock pile or the edge of a weed break line, kind of wait for the fish to come to us. Now, as anglers, we shine those fish up, kind of look at out uh, out over an expanse where they are, and then we're able to deliver that that you know that bait right in front of their faces with forward-facing sonar and yeah it really has changed the game but fish are getting wise to it too i was talking to toby cavalavog and a couple other guides out on leech and they're talking about how jason freed just mentioning that uh you know you pitch a bobber to maybe get one or two out of that pod but then they kind of start to melt into the distance right they kind of kind of kind of move away so you know, fishing's constantly evolving and we're we're finding ways to do better with what we have but the fish They'll find ways to avoid it too, right? Well, you know, I think if I was hanging out with a couple of guy, a bunch of guys, and a couple of them just disappeared, I might start running for the woods too. <laughs> Get a little creepy around here. It's a little lonely. I think I got to find a new group. Get the heck out of here. Something's going down, right? That's right. <laughs> well, you know, one of the big things that have been going on up here uh, is AIS, and I'm assuming you know that's no change down there. Is there anything uh, new going on AAS-wise that you're seeing that concerns you or anything else yeah. happening in fishing that concerns you? You know, I I continue to talk to anglers that get frustrated at landings. Uh, they 
they don't like being checked and they don't like being hassled or they feel like at times they're getting the rundown. But, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen, uh, things like Lake Pepin clear up and it still stays somewhat dingy because of turbidity, but there's so many zebra mussels. I've got to change the way I present baits while cranking. I, I'm worried about losing lures on the sharp places and, even walking on beaches, I can't walk barefoot anymore down there because there's so many sharp fragments. Or when I was on leech, I used to go to Agency Bay all the time to find great cabbage. Well, now you can't find a shred of cabbage in Agency Bay, or not much of it anyway. So that's because of the rusties and spiny water fleas. When you're trolling, you can just you can just see the effects of these things changing our fisheries. Not always for the better, especially malax and its clarity. Right. And so I'm all for trying to slow that spread down and let nature have a chance to evolve away into taking care of itself. I think when that change happens over too short a period of time, it's a lot harder for lakes and fish and anglers to adjust. So it's a small inconvenience to me to hopefully do our best to try and slow the spread. Can we ever stop it? I don't believe so, but slowing it, I think there's value there personally. Yep. Yep. I I agree. And yeah, there's two schools of thought. There's a lot of people that are very happy to see it and will take the time, and they don't care. And then the others that get angry about it. But uh, uh, you know, we we're pretty spoiled up here. We'd like to stay spoiled. Yeah, it, it, if if fishing's good, right? Let's uh, let's try to preserve that as best as we can, as long as we can. Well, we talked about the bobbers, um, and of course, we could talk about electronics uh, all day long, every day, because we get new toys like every other week or something. Right. But, right. Uh, anything else out there that you find really interesting? Some new stuff out there that you're liking? Yeah, I was just talking uh, to a guy named John Ball. He's a tournament pro uh, out of Barrington, Illinois, but has fished all over. Obviously, he was up on the Great Lakes, and we were talking a lot about crayfish and the rusties and what things have done and how walleyes kind of adjusted their patterns and how demon and, and other kind of rusty crawfish looking colors have been so much popular, so much more popular lately. Uh, and he was talking about a technique where they were cranking. I was just at the uh, St. Croix rods customer appreciation day. And he was, he was talking about this technique where you hold the rod and the line kind of a 90 degree angle to the bait and you take a single reel turn and then you let it sit single reel turn let it sit and it kind of mimics mimics uh, a goby in the great lakes darting or a crawfish darting in so many of these places and it was really a tournament winning difference kind of a thing and so when i hear guys like that talk about techniques like that i get really excited i can't wait to get out in the water and try that out for myself <laughs> oh man people the one thing about fishing i guess is in a sense you don't ever get to grow up you still get to buy toys oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you never stop learning, and it never stops being exciting when new wrinkles like that keep coming at you, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Hey, for those who you know that that are listening and say, "Well, I don't. I think I've heard of Joel Nelson, but I don't know what Joel Nelson Outdoors is. What is Joel Nelson Outdoors? Really, Joel Nelson Outdoors started as a way to just archive and collect all the different media opportunities and things that I do. I write for In Fisherman. I'm on a lot of different YouTube shows and channels. Uh, for Northland Tackle and others, uh, I'm on Angling Buzz and a couple other TV segments like Midwest Outdoors. And so Joel Nelson Outdoors is really just a place to put all that stuff so that I could uh, keep it all straight in my head myself and also allow people to find it a little bit more easily. But I'll always keep uh, my, my social media stuff up to date, too, and that's 
Facebook.com slash Joel Nelson Outdoors or Instagram at Joel Nelson Outdoors. And I know, um, and it's not just fishing. I know you do a lot of hunting stuff too, right? I do. I'm a big spring turkey hunter. Um, I do deer hunt. Most of that is, is just because I enjoy venison and love getting out on my land down here in southern Minnesota near Cannon Falls where I'm from. But, uh, but yeah, I hunt morels in the spring as well. Uh, it's just, it's really neat to be in an area with four seasons and get to look forward to all the different things that come with each successive season. So fishing's awesome, but hunting's awesome. I, it's tough to fit it all in, but I try. So how was uh, turkey hunting for you this spring? Turkey hunting was really great. I, I actually hadn't gotten a chance to hunt much in the past year or two. And I got out with a mentor of mine. His name's Guy Cunningham. And my other side company, Resonate Outdoors, is working with Onyx, the mapping, hunting mapping company, to create a film about this man, Guy Cunningham. He's, he's a legend. He, he's killed more turkeys than anybody I've ever met. He was a guide in the Black Hills. And so as part of that video series we'll be releasing next year, we'll show a hunt where he and I got out this year. We got two birds at once. And my bird actually ended up being a triple beard, which was a first for me. So pretty exhilarating spring turkey season. Doesn't get much better than that. Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors, my guest. We'll wrap it up next. Hi, this is Chuck Hathie on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Talking turkey hunting with Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. It's still a relatively new phenomenon up here, but a lot of people are into it now, and the turkey uh, population continues to explode. Um, but people really get into it. What is it about turkey hunting that people find so alluring? We were just, talk- we were just talking about it. I was talking with Jeremy Smith um from the Linders group about that. And Jeremy was saying, you know, it sounds a little like musky fishing. I'm like, you know, I think he hit it on the head there because <laughs> it, sometimes just getting a follow or seeing a bird, hearing a bird, it can be rare and it's exhilarating. It's exciting. And then eventually you connect and you score and you get one. And it's really this zero to hero kind of moment. And, um, you know, the way that they interact with you, the way that they gobble back. And it's not like deer hunting where you just sit in a corner and wait. You're talking to them. You're making moves to try and put yourself in the right places, and I, I think it's that interaction with the with with the bird that that makes it something truly special and truly different. And they are as rare or rarer than muskies. I think it's important to note that even in the best seasons in Minnesota, thirty percent success rate is the highest. That's as high as it gets. So, wow. you know, two out of three people are walking out of the woods without a turkey slung over their shoulder. That's just the way it goes in yeah. the best of times. Wow. <laughs> That, that's that. Those are baseball-like numbers. Yeah, sums it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think the other thing about it is, uh, like fishing on a, on a on a good spring is uh, 
you're outside. And that ability oh. to get back outside, I think, is alluring in itself. Absolutely. And it, if it wasn't for the ticks, which you can prevent, you know, uh, these days there's some good products out there to kind of keep ticks off you. But if if it wasn't for the ticks, there's literally nothing else that bothers you in the beautiful spring woods. I mean, the bugs are down. The world's greening up. Um, the temperatures are typically extremely comfortable. And you get to sit down with your butt up against a tree and listen to the woods wake up. It, Yeah, for me, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. Well, listen, if we're going to go out fishing this week and the next couple of weeks, what are we looking at? What should we be doing? What should we have in the boat? Yeah, I, uh, I've got a couple trips planned here myself and doing some mental networking, trying to think of what I'll be doing as well. I'll be focusing on deeper patterns for walleyes primarily. I'll be looking to try and score on some of those windier days on some of the walleyes that have set up on the edges of structure now. Uh, I'm looking mid-lake stuff now, not not near-shore features, but more mid-lake. And then I'm also thinking about panfish. Um, when I'm going to get out with my kids, they're going to set up near some of those same areas, probably on the shallower sides of it, especially if there's good weed cover. I've got a couple of good lakes down here with great coontail beds. And any walleye-looking structure with coontail on top, you're going to find those panfish um, up against the edges of that stuff as well. So that's probably what I'll be spending a lot of my time on. I'll also be checking on the bigger bodies of water um, to see how far off the walleyes have moved. If they're not concentrated and they're spread out, I might even break out some lead core. It's a little bit early for that. I, I'd prefer not to. But if I get a long shoreline with lots of scattered walleyes at consistent depths and it's deeper than I can pull a long line crankbait, I'll probably see if I can, yeah, put a few fish in the boat. And summer fish fries are fun, so it's always nice to have some walleyes on hand for that. All right. Very, very cool. Well, hey, before we let you go, are you ready for a Fast Five? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Joel Nelson, Fast Five. Fast Five. Who's with me? <laughs> Question number one. Dogs or cats? Oh, man, this is tough. I grew up on a farm. I had both. Cats, uh, cats poop smaller, so this one can live in my house. <laughs> that, that's the first uh, time I've heard that reason, but it's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Question number two. It's time for pizza. What are you putting on that pizza, and where's your favorite place to get that pizza? Oh, man, sausage and mushrooms, and my son works at Dudley's Pizza in Cannon Falls. Uh, it's a summer job, so why not? All right, if I'm tooling through Cannon Falls, I'm going to have to stop at Dudley's Pizza. All right. Absolutely. Question number three, it's dessert time. Are we eating pie or are we eating cake? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with whatever is quality on either side, right? <laughs> uh, if, if this place makes a sweet pie, I'm going to eat that. But if cake is their deal, I'm going that direction. Whatever the whatever the chef serves up best. Okay. Well, you're, you're just easy to please, apparently. Yeah. All right. So. All right, when it comes, okay, as long as we're on that subject, okay, when it comes to pie, what, what's the favorite? What's the best pie? Oh, my God. Um, it would be un American to, to not choose a really good quality apple pie. Okay. But any of the pudding style pies, uh, the coconut cream, French silk, I love those too. Yeah. And what's your favorite cake? Uh, German chocolate, probably. God bless you, sir. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one, right? It is. I'm, I'm with you, man. All right, question number four. We're getting into the outdoors here now. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Oh, man. Probably a Rainy River 
sturgeon if I'm looking at length and and weight. But a lot of saltwater species I have caught are so much bigger than a lot of the freshwater species. Mm-hmm. I still think, though, that I think it was like a 68, 69-inch sturgeon on the Rainy River many years ago now. That's a big one. That's a big one. good. Real big. All right, question number five. You have been sentenced to uh, fishing purgatory. This means you're able to fish every day for all eternity, but only on one lake. What what lake is that going to be? God, is that purgatory or is that hell? That sounds more like hell to me. Ah, uh, God, probably Lake Lake of the Woods, just because it's so big and it's connected to so many other bodies of water, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good one. Well, I'd say purgatory because you're at least able to fish. That's true. It could always be worse than not fishing. That's a fact. He's Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. And again, Joel, if people want to check your stuff out, where do they, where do, they do that? You, uh, go to joelnelsonoutdoors.com or any of my social media pages at Joel Nelson Outdoors. Joel, great to have you on the show again today. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's been a blast. Thanks again. Fish hail, the barn hail, country, country.